Do you go with the flow? Join us each week as we take one topic from classical Christian education and ask ourselves whether or not we're going with the flow. Welcome back to Going with the Flow, a River Academy podcast. My name is Tyler. And I'm Eric. And with us today is our three-time guest, Jen DeVries. Hello, everyone, again. Again. Uh, Before we get started on on what we're going to be talking about and continuing our series on marriage, I just wanted to encourage everybody to to follow us wherever you find us um, on your podcast app. Even if you just click the link that we send out, um, go to, uh, again, wherever that is, whether it's the Apple Store, Spotify, Stitcher, um, go go there, rate us. It's going to help us to be discovered. We'd appreciate the five-star rating if you think we deserve it, and I certainly think that we do. Um, But then also uh, engage with us. We had some really good engagement a couple of episodes ago go on Facebook. Uh, let us know what you think. If you uh, if you are agreeing with us, if you're liking what, what you're hearing, if you are wanting to hear more about something, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. So we're going to continue our series on marriage, but we're going to continue it in sort of a uh, a different direction than I think that people would expect. We've got a couple of more episodes planned. This episode, we are going to talk about the Enneagram. Um, some people say Enneagram. I think we're going to go with Enneagram. I don't know. Uh, but uh, It's confusing. It, it is confusing. Uh, Eric and Jen are going to talk. Uh, essentially, um, they're, going to, they're going to build on a point we made in the last episode, that they made in the last episode, that, um, that self-knowledge is really important in a marriage. And, and I really liken that to what Socrates said about the unexamined life is not worth living. We, um, we need to know ourselves, examine ourselves, and know why we do what we do. And so they're going to dig into that. Uh, Eric, Jen, uh, yeah, build on that a little bit. What's, why the Enneagram? Well, like I said, uh, like I, both Jen and I said last week in the podcast, self-knowledge is a critical element to growing together in our marriages because we have to know why we do the things we do in order to figure out how what we are doing is either helpful or not helpful when it comes to to our marriages and so uh so i think uh we need to avail ourselves of uh of various various different uh tools to be able to know ourselves because sadly it's not as easy as just thinking, oh, well, I live with myself. I ought to know myself. It actually takes, uh, it actually takes some, some help. At least we have found it takes some help. And uh, so that's why we're talking about the Enneagram. And Jen agrees. I agree. <laughs> well, okay, so the Enneagram is super helpful. It's good to know yourself. Let's dig into what it is. What is the, the Enneagram? So the Enneagram, or Enneagram, I don't know how we're supposed to say it, is a way of uh, personality typing. It's a tool that helps us along with the other tools that we've found to be most helpful. Eric and I have found are the DISC profile and um, Myers-Briggs, though we're not as, you know, some people are really awesome at the Myers-Briggs. We're not too good at it. But in any case, the Enneagram is probably our favorite. And Uh, Just a brief history on the Enneagram. It's really super duper old, but no one knows exactly where it came from. Um, There's some scholars that say there were roots of it uh, as early as 2500 BC in Babylon. So, you know, that's pretty super duper old. Uh, But it's clear that it has been a work in progress for a long time. 
some uh, there's some tracing of its origins back to Christian monks and to the desert mothers and fathers in the fourth century who used it for spiritual counseling. Uh, others say that there are also elements of the Enneagram that appear in other world religions, including Su- Sufi- Sufism, Sufism, Su- whatever, I think it's which Sufism. is a <laughs> Sufism, Sufism. Anyways, which is a mystical tradition within Islam and Judaism. But if we bring it up to the current day, um, there was an American-trained psychiatrist named Claudio Naranjo who uh, did a lot of developing of the um, Enneagram. And he actually brought the Enneagram back to the United States and presented it to a small group of students in California, which included a Catholic Jesuit priest and an educator who was on sabbatical from Loyola Seminary named Father Robert Ox. He was really impressed with the Enneagram. So when he returned to Loyola, he started teaching it to seminarians and priests. And it soon became uh, known among clergy, spiritual directors, lay people as a very helpful aid to Christian spiritual formation. Well, how does this, you mentioned some of these other ones. How does this differ from like DISC or Myers-Briggs or some of these other personality type quizzes? Uh, here's a quote from, uh, from The Road Back to You, actually. Ignorance is bliss, except in self-awareness. What you don't know about yourself can hurt you and your relationships and even keep you in the shallows with God. So I think that quote uh, really sums up to me uh, how the Enneagram is helpful is that, um, so for example, with Myers-Briggs uh, or even tests like Strength Finders or the DISC profile, they tend to focus on your strengths. And I think that's actually really helpful. And uh, it's been interesting. There's There's been kind of a shift in, uh, in this whole personality typing uh, trend. There's been a shift. So I would say that uh, maybe in the 70s and 80s, there was a a trend of with personality typing, you wanted to look at what your weaknesses were so that you could focus on your weaknesses to make them stronger. This has really shifted in in, uh, the last few years where there's much more of an emphasis on figuring out what are your strengths and then play to those strengths. And I actually think that makes a ton of sense. I think playing to your, you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck if you figure out what you're good at and then you try to get better at those things, uh, you know, it's like, it's like if I was horrible at, uh, if I was horrible at, at numbers, uh, at my age, um, it wouldn't be wise for me to go into bookkeeping, uh, just so that I could buoy up my weaknesses. You know, it's like, Hey, it'd actually be a lot more profitable. I'd get a lot more bang for my buck if I just, you know, figured out what I was good at and then pursued those things. So, so I think that's really good. Uh, but the Enneagram, I find, helps us to be aware of some of our weaknesses or helps us to be aware of maybe not even weaknesses like in terms of like, oh, you're good at this, you're not so good at this, but more like some of the things that we do in relationships that are not helpful. And so in that way, when it comes to interpersonal relationships, I have found the Enneagram to be a really helpful tool because it helps me know why I do some of the things that I do, especially those things that are not so good or not so helpful. So is it more like, it's more like pitfalls? Yeah, that's exactly, that's a great way to, that's a great way to put it, Tyler. It's, it's like pitfalls or it's, it's like, um, uh, you're going to, another way to say it would be that, um, 
All of us are fearfully and wonderfully made by our Heavenly Father. Uh, that means that we have some insanely awesome characteristics, you know, that God has, has endowed each of us with these great gifts and these great abilities. But because we are sons and daughters of Adam, because we, have, we are products of the fall, we also have immense brokenness. We also have deep woundedness uh, just as a result of, of being born under our earthly father, Adam, and inheriting, inheriting his sinful nature. And so because of that, I, I no longer um, am a whole human being. I'm a broken human being. And so what that means is that, that pre-fall in the garden, uh, I... I was a fully satisfied human being. I was 100% content because I was in relationship with God uh, and, and I was in fellowship with him. But after the fall, that, that I became a broken individual. And so now I'm no longer fully whole. I'm no longer a, uh, a fully satisfied human being. And so then, but, but I want to be satisfied. I want to be fully whole. And so... Uh, as a result of the fall, I go about getting that satisfied, becoming whole, becoming fully, you know, who I am in, uh, in some helpful ways, but also in some not so helpful ways. And the Enneagram for me has been the most helpful tool in helping me to figure out, oh yeah, I'm trying to go about meeting that need in a really not healthy way, even an ugly, you know, not like embarrassing way. And so that is why it's been super helpful for, for me in particular in my own spiritual development, which of course, as we develop spiritually, then that's going to help our marriage, right? Yeah, absolutely. So my, my brief, and before you guys get into how it works, my brief uh, experience with the Enneagram is uh, we were on a, I've heard of it. I've, I've talked about it. We have some, some staff members here who have talked about it before and mentioned it, but I really, and they throw numbers out. Um, there's a lot of numbers that go with the Enneagram and, uh, we would get people saying like, Oh, you're a, you're a two, you're a three. Oh, but you're, but you've got a wing of a five or whatever. I mean, we've got all these, these, these terms that go with it and we'll get into that. We in a really second. do that just to, just to confuse people. I Tyler. swear, but I swear that, and it was a way of talking about you without, <laughs> without you knowing <laughs> what you're talking about. It's kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of like we say, Tyler, we're secretly judging you in our heart. Oh, you know? that's a, but it was out loud. Oh yeah, fully. <laughs> that's the worst part. So we were on a trip. Uh, so the, the admin of the school and I uh, went on a, went to a conference right at the beginning of the summer. And it was one of those things that, you know, uh, people on, on, uh, on trips, you know, start thinking about the, you know, the same things and things keep coming up and, and it was really good. And so um, they, the, uh, the three other people all knew what the Enneagram was and I didn't. And I mean, I'd heard of it and I knew it was personality typing and stuff like that. Uh, and so, uh, but Eric was like, well, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you what you are. I need you to, you should find it out for yourself. So I, I took one of the, you know, one of the fast online quizzes, which I'm sure are, you know, perfectly perceptive and, and, you know, completely accurate. But, um, but what I will say, the little bit that I found out about myself on it and then talking to, to him and, and I did a little bit of research, but I, I still should do way more um, is it did seem like it, it really marked both my strengths and my weaknesses in the um, in the going of it. So let's let's talk about what that looks like. Let's talk about how it works and then some of the terminology that goes with that. Um, Jan, do you want to start? Yep. So uh, the the basic way the Enneagram works is there are it's broken up into nine personality types and each personality type is given a number. 
And then from there, there's actually tons of different directions you can go to um, discover more about yourself. But, uh, but basically, f once you've figured out what your number is, uh, then um, one of the most helpful things that you can discover is also what number you go to when you're experiencing stress and what number when you, what that you what number do you go to when you're experiencing health and you're not too stressed out or or whatever and so those those things give you a really helpful idea of um, who you are and the way you react to certain events and uh, who your spouse is and the way they may react to certain events and your kids and your coworkers and your friends. So that's the basic way the Enneagram works. And so this isn't, uh, going back to some, some of what Eric said, this isn't like a, once I know this, I have solved all of the things um, in my life. This is, um, this is now we need to keep getting to know ourselves and to uh, to sort of figure out who, who and what we are. Okay, so there are nine personality types. Can you give our listeners a brief overview of the nine types? So the, uh, the first, they, they, like Jen said, there's, uh, there's nine numbers. And so the, uh, the, the type one is the, uh, the perfectionist. So the basic, uh, the basic fear of a perfectionist is they are afraid of being bad or being defective or being evil or being corrupt. Their basic desire, the thing that they want to, to see happen is they want to they want to be good they want to be virtuous they uh, they want balance and they want to have integrity so that's the uh, that's the type one the uh, type two is the helper and uh, so with the helper the uh, the basic uh, the basic fear of a helper is a fear of being unloved or unwanted uh, or being alone. And then their basic desire is to feel loved. So they, they want this feeling of love. And then type three uh, is the, uh, the, the achiever or the need to succeed. And their basic fear is of being worthless. So they don't feel like they have value with outside of their achievements. And their basic desire is to feel worthwhile, accepted, desirable. Okay, the uh, number four is the type four is the individualist or uh, the need to be special. Their basic fear is uh, of having no identity or no personal significance. And then their basic desire is to find themselves and to find their significance and then to create an identity out of that uh, internal experience. Type five is called the investigator. Uh, they have a need to perceive. So their basic fears of being helpless or useless and their basic desire is to be capable and competent. And then the type six is the loyalist or uh, the need for security and the loyalist's basic fear is uh, of having no support or guidance or of being unable to survive on their own. And then their, their deep desire that they're trying to find is they're trying to find security and support. All right, number seven. That's me, people. Um, this person is called the enthusiast, which I'm sure you can't imagine from the way I talk on this podcast. I was going to say, I feel, like, I feel like we can tell. That's me. I'm the enthusiast. Uh, oh. One thing you should note about sevens is that they always are proud of themselves. 
What's wrong with that? Yeah, totally. What is wrong with that? Okay. The need for a seven is the need to avoid pain. And I do say I relate to that. So um, uh, the basic fear of a seven is of being deprived or trapped in pain. And our basic desire is to be happy, happy, satisfied, or to find fulfillment. The type eight is the challenger uh, or, the, uh, or the one who, is, uh, who has a need to be against. Uh, their basic fear is that of being harmed or controlled by others uh, or of being violated. And their, their deep desire is to protect themselves and determine their own course in life. And so th- those are all, um, those are all the, so like if you, if you find out, I just want to make sure we're, we're understanding. I'm still trying to actually understand this too. So if I find out, for example, I think I remember, like I'm a one, um, right? I think, I, I, think, I believe so. I believe I, I am believe too. that's what you, yeah, the test that you took said. The, and, and it's, you know, perfectionist and things like that. So, but, so there's a. There's a positive aspect to that, right? There's the the good thing, like it's the I I want to make sure that everything is right and in order and proper. Totally. But then there's a negative side to it as well. Yep. And then is that is that what you guys were calling like that the wing, right? That that's the thing that I like the pitfall that I fall into, or is there a negative side of the one itself? Well, it's actually okay. So there's a negative side to the one. Okay. Uh, itself, but then, uh, but then, so like for the one, uh, so. You're the perfectionist, right? So that means you're super detailed. That means that you uh, you do things really well, okay? But then your need is that you feel the need to be perfect. And yeah. I bet I don't know what that, you're about. that is not always a good thing in your life. I bet that you can yeah. think of a number of times where that has actually stifled you or been unhelpful. Do you know what's um, really awesome is when you're a teacher and your students aren't perfect either. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's the, that's the other thing with the one is that they, they, not only do they feel the need to be perfect, but they want those around them to be perfect yeah. too, which of course is, makes relationships makes difficult life. sometimes. <laughs> makes life easy. Um, Okay, the last one is the number nine and the type nine, and they are the peacemaker, and uh, the and the uh, or the uh, the need to avoid. And the type nine, their basic fear is a fear of loss or a fear of separation or of annihilation, and their deep desire is to maintain inner stability and peace of mind. So. Like if you think of it, they, they just want that inner peace to, to be there all the time. So those are the nine types. And this is a really truncated version. I mean, there's been books and books and books, even just in the last few years, there's probably been, uh, there's probably been 10 books, uh, over, over the last five years that have been written, written on the Enneagram. So this, this is just a really truncated version, but, um, hopefully it gives you just a sparks a little bit of interest to say, Oh, maybe I should look into that a little bit. And so then as you guys, um, figured out your, your own strengths and things like that, how did that work then to help, uh, in your marriage? How did that work between the two of you? Well, I think it first helped by, I'll speak for myself. I think that I brought some things into our marriage that were, maybe more difficult to live with for my dear wife, uh, ways that I was trying to get needs met, maybe through some passive aggressive, uh, means or some, uh, or, you know, manipulative tactics. And in order for me to stop doing those things, I had to, I had to figure out why I was trying to manipulate to get those needs met in the first place. Uh, and so, 
I think that's, you know, that's how it was helpful for me to start with. And then, um, and well, I'll let Jen speak about how that was helpful for her about knowing me. Yeah, that was helpful. Uh, because it helped me understand why he was doing the things he was doing. The way he responds to his needs are very different than the way I respond to my needs. And so when he would be maybe a little passive aggressive, a little like clam up and not talk, I'm sitting there thinking, dude, just talk about it. Like if you talk about it, we can figure it out. One of my favorite new words, which may or may not be a real word, is solutionize. So if you talk, we can solutionize and come up with a answer to the problem. But uh, that wasn't the way Eric dealt with things. Sometimes. Sometimes he did. Sometimes not. And so that caused some conflict. And But understanding that here's some of the patterns of the way he deals with conflict and how can I be most helpful to help him not clam up and to feel safe and uh man, we work through conflict way better than we used to 92% of the time. Is that an exact measurement? Pretty exact. I'm very detailed, you will find. And so that is a very detailed measurement. You're probably almost as detailed as Tyler is. Uh, <laughs> what, one thing I would add to that is that I, it helped me then as I was discovering these things about, as Jen was, as I was discovering these things about myself and Jen was discovering th- these things about herself, I was able to understand that she wasn't actually attacking me personally. Like she was just looking for clarification or she was just looking to solve a problem. And I was taking offense to these things when in reality she was just, she was just trying to be helpful. And here I am getting offended, you know, getting offended and then clamming up and I was solutionizing. Yeah, exactly. So, so then I, I could, I could take a deep breath and say, she's not my enemy. She's not, she doesn't have it out for me. Yeah, Yeah, we're on the same team. And so maybe I can stay in the game here and actually work through this thing. As we are coming to the end of this, uh, and again, we're going to, we're going to talk about some of these, uh, these resources and put them into the show notes, but how does somebody like, like I did, how does somebody um, find out their number? There's, there's a quick way and I'm sure there's slower ways too. Yeah. So there's a number of ways that you can find out your number. There's, if you just Google Enneagram, uh, there's a number of different tests, uh, that you can take. Some of them are free. Uh, some of them you have to pay money for. So, uh, the, um, there's one that the, uh, that the, uh, RETI is, I think it's spelled R H E T I, uh, Institute puts out, which is a paid test, but it's pretty helpful. There's another one, uh, that, uh, the author of the road back to you puts out, uh, Ian Cron, he's got it on his personal website and that one is paid. I think it's a little bit more expensive, but that one can be helpful. But quite honestly, if I were to suggest, you know, where to start, I would pick up a couple of books or maybe even just pick up one, pick up the road back to you and start there because they have uh, at the beginning of the chapter or the end of the chapter, I can't remember which, they have a list of characteristics and you could even just read through that list of characteristics and say, hmm, is that me or is that not me? Um, Also, another book that we have that's a resource is The Wisdom of the Enneagram. Uh, And in that book, they actually have a checklist at the beginning of every chapter and you go through and you check uh, how or, or you score yourself. And so that could also be a way that you could, uh, you know, come up with a number. And then, of course, um, perhaps the best way to figure out your number is once you have kind of a ballpark idea, you know, once you've picked up one of these books and you kind of zero in on, oh, I think I might be this number, then read on it and 
see if you think it resonates. See if you think it rings true to you. And I would also ask your spouse, ask your friends, what do you think? Does this feel like this is a true interpretation of my personality? And that goes back to last week when you were saying communication and community both were really huge in that because it's, we also can trick ourselves a little bit into in our own self-analysis, I think. Yeah, it's it, the, the, the human soul's ability to be self-deceived is mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean, we really, I, I can deceive myself uh, into believing any which thing. Uh, and so it re- we really do need community and others to help us interpret ourselves. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end. Anything else from you guys? I think that's good. I, if we've done anything, I hope that you hear today that um, we, we have benefited greatly from the Enneagram as a tool uh, to self-knowledge and then also knowledge about your spouse. Of course, it's not the only tool. There's tons of ways to pursue this. It's just one that we have found helpful and we want to offer up as a resource to you and hope that you find it fun because it, it is fun. It's kind of fun to dive into these things. But also, we hope that you find um, this like we have, that it's actually uh aided in spiritual growth and in spiritual development uh, in our own souls. And then that, of course, helps in marriage. Wonderful. Well, as we said, we've got a couple of more weeks that we're going to be talking about marriage. Um, as we as we proceed, again, let us know, are there topics that you would like us to uh, to to hit about marriage specifically. Um, so let us know on Facebook. You can also shoot us an email. Um, you can find our email addresses up on, on the River Academy website, www.theriveracademy.org. And you can always uh, you know, keep in touch with us on Facebook. Subscribe. Let us know uh, how we're doing. All right. Well, everybody, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Going With The Flow, a River Academy podcast. Follow us on Facebook at The River Academy and find us online at www.theriveracademy.org. Also, rate and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts.